I perceive, said Mr. Milestone, after they had walked a few paces. These grounds have never been touched by the finger of taste. The place is quite a wilderness, for during the latter part of my father's life, while I was finishing my education, he troubled himself about nothing but the cellar, and suffered everything else to go to rack and ruin. A mere wilderness, as you see, even now in December, but in summer a complete nursery of briars, a forest of thistles, a plantation of nettles, without any livestock but goats that have eaten up all the bark of the trees. Here you see the pedestal of a statue, with only half a leg and four toes remaining. There were many here once. When I was a boy I used to sit every day on the shoulders of Hercules. What became of him I have never been able to ascertain. Neptune has been lying these seven years in the dust hole. Atlas had his head knocked off to fit him for propping a shed, and only the day before yesterday we fished backers out of the horse pond. My dear sir, accord me your permission to wave the wand of enchantment over your grounds. The rocks shall be blown up, the trees shall be cut down, the wilderness and all its goats shall vanish like mist. Pagodas and Chinese bridges, gravel walks and shrubberies, bowling greens, canals and clumps of larch shall rise upon its ruins. One age, sir, has brought to light the treasures of ancient learning. A second has penetrated into the depths of metaphysics. A third has brought to perfection the science of astronomy. But it was reserved for the exclusive genius of the present times to invent the noble art of picturesque gardening, which has given, as it were, a new tint to the complexion of nature, and a new outline to the physiognomy of the universe. Give me leave, said Sir Patrick O'Prism, to take an exception to that same. You're a system of levelling and trimming and clipping and a-docking and clumping and polishing and cropping and shaving, destroys all the beautiful intricacies of natural luxuriance and all the graduated harmonies of light and shade, melting into one another, as you see the Mondet Rock over yonder. I never saw one of your improved places, as you call them, which are nothing but big bowling greens, like sheets of green paper, with a parcel of round clumps scattered over them, like so many spots of ink, flicked at random out of a pen, and a solitary animal here and there, looking as if it were lost, and I did not think it was for all the world like Hounslow Heath, thinly sprinkled over with bushes and highwaymen. Sir, you will have the goodness to make a distinction between the picturesque and the beautiful. Will I? Oh, but I won't, for what is beautiful? That what pleases the eye. And what pleases the eye? Tints variously broken and blended. No, tints variously broken and blended constitute the picturesque. Allow me, said Mr. Gall. I distinguish the picturesque and the beautiful, and I add to them, in the laying out of grounds, a third and distinct character, which I call unexpectedness. Pray, sir, by what name do you distinguish this character when a parson walks round the grounds for the second time? Mr. Gall bit his lips and inwardly vowed to revenge himself on Milestone by cutting up his next publication. 
A long controversy now ensued concerning the picturesque and the beautiful, highly edifying to Squire Headlong. The three philosophers stopped as they wound round a projecting point of rock to contemplate a little boat which was gliding over the tranquil surface of the lake below. The blessings of civilization, said Mr. Foster, extend themselves to the meanest individuals of the community. That boatman singing as he sails along is, I have no doubt, a very happy, and comparatively to the men of his class some centuries back, a very enlightened and intelligent man.' 